If the road were easy, everyone would do it. We don't shy away from challenges. We dive in. And now, live from an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. It is 629 right now. After hitting the streets as a pilot program, Portland Street Response is ready to expand citywide. K2's Wesley Ogle is live in North Portland covering this for us. And Wes, this is happening on Monday? Yeah, it is very soon. So Portland Street Response started as a pilot program back in February 2021. Starting on Monday, they're going to expand to the entire city of Portland. So you'll remember Portland Street Response is a program that sends unarmed responders to non-life-threatening behavioral and mental health crisis calls. This is part of Portland Fire and Rescue's Community Health Division. And when Portland Street Response started, they had just a staff of six people. On Monday, they're going to have a full staff of 20. They're then going to cover 145 square miles from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week, Ange. Wes, we, we have some new information about what sort of uh, help Portland Street Response was able to give people over the past year. Exactly. This is really interesting. I think this is a question a lot of people have. So let's take a look at these numbers. Portland Street Response says that 65% of their first response calls involved homeless clients. 56% had unmet basic needs. 48% had suspected mental health needs. 44% had suspected substance use needs. They say their community health program helped 10 clients secure two weeks or more of temporary housing. Nine clients got permanent housing and two clients were able to retain their housing. So, Ange, it will be really interesting to see how these numbers change when this uh, program expands to the entire city of Portland. 56% with unmet basic needs is mm. just... Ladies and gentlemen, it is March 26, 2022. The information I'm about to lay out for you is overwhelming. They've done it. They are attempting and will be attempting to roll out this new world order system. The pretext in which was the COVID-19 pandemic to lead us into the future. We have a choice to decide which direction that we are going to be headed in. We have a choice deep down inside of our souls and inside of our bodies of what we are going to do. That news broadcast that I played for you leading into this, uh, the beginning of this show, tells a story. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it. I'm, I'm having a hard time coming uh, into my thoughts um, because I know where this is headed. And I don't mean to scare you and I don't mean to alarm you, but what else can I do but tell you the truth? 
what they are attempting to do in all the major cities in this country and what they've already done in other cities across the world, they are getting ready to roll out a citizen police force to enforce their new agendas using citizens for mental health issues. I warned about this on Stacey Ann's show two years ago, talking about that they're going to be doing this. They're going to add an additional emergency response team. So you are going to be able to tell on your neighbors. You are going to be able to tell on your neighbors when the new thought crime system rolls out in place. Oh, man, I just, uh, this is unbelievable. They are rolling this out. They're rolling it out. It's called 311 is what they're doing in all the major cities right now. 311. If your city has a 311 service, you can call and report issues like abandoned vehicles, noise complaints, and graffiti. By adding a second channel for citizens to report problems, 911 operators are free to address emergencies. For every laid out plan, problems can go awry. Let me give you an example. We must shut down for two weeks to slow the spread and flatten the curve. Think about this, folks. Slow the spread and flatten the curve. Shut down for two weeks. Shut down your business. Shut down your business. Shut down your life. Don't go see your grandma. Let her die in a nursing home. Do not engage with each other. Be scared. Be weary. And what turned from that? The biggest lockdown that we've ever seen in the entire world and a massive, massive, massive overreach of every government in the entire planet. Seizing control. Some countries did more than they did here. They were pretty extreme here. Some countries did more. Remember the Hong Kong descendants and the Hong Kong riots that were going on right before COVID hit? Remember those? They were gaining traction and they were having massive Massive protests in the streets, holding American flags, because what does America represent? What does America stand for? It stands for freedom. 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 It doesn't stand for slavery. It doesn't stand for do what I tell you to so you don't infect other people. We are in a liberty-based culture and it's dwindling down ever so quickly. And remember on the last show that I spoke about how sophisticated some of these PR propaganda campaigns are on further taking our freedoms. This news broadcast that I just played for you, I'm going to play it again. This news broadcast is an exact Formula 
that demonstrates how they start to introduce these new systems and they make them sound so nice and so pleasant. They break down society. People lose their jobs. Nobody wants to work. Everybody's stuck on some type of medication watching Netflix. So what happens? Society dwindles. What happens? Homeless population goes up, right? So they've created the problem by shutting everything down. They've created the problem and shut it, shut everything down. Remember, they are the ones that locked things down. They are the ones that sent OSHA to your business to shut it down and threatened you and fined you. Like the Courthouse Athletic Club, they got over $100,000 in fines because they decided to descend against the system. What are they going to do? Do you not think that that creates a breakdown of society? So that happens. We're two and a half years, two years now into this massive economic decline, massive waves in transportation and gas prices are through the roof. Meat prices are through the roof. Everything, everybody is getting bled out with any savings that you might have had. So naturally, there is a breakdown in our society. So what are they doing? They're creating the solution. I saw four different police officers over the week arresting and dealing with these homeless people things in four different instances in one day they're tying up our police system which is meant to be in emergencies and now they have an excuse to roll out an additional branch that is not an authority figure per se but it's a mental health thing for you it's a mental health savior we don't want to burden the real emergency heroes, the real heroes like a police officer and a firefighter and an EMT specialist, right? The real emergency responders. They don't want to just cram it in right away. They have to introduce it. And what better to introduce it than the captured cities all across this country where they're controlled by the Democrat elites and by the UN systems and the infrastructure tied in with the uh, UN curriculums. And so they're rolling out these citizen programs to get people acclimated and used to using these things. Do you see what's happening? Do you see? I just want you to see. I want to lay things out in the clearest way possible to get you to understand so you can be on my side with me so you can understand and you can tell your friends and your friends friends and your friends neighbors and your neighbors and people at your church and people at the grocery store i want you guys to understand these things and see them the way that i see them because every ounce of my body is going off 
Once I heard this, it is unbelievable that they are trying to do this. And I knew they would. I knew they would. I just thought we would have a little bit more of a break than what we do. But no, no, they aren't going to let up. They're going to lift the mask, try to get us to go back to sleep. And while they roll this next phase out, they're going to roll this next phase out. Let's listen to this clip one more time before we go to break. It is 629 right now. After hitting the streets as a pilot program, Portland Street Response is ready to expand citywide. K2's Wesley Ogle is live in North Portland covering this for us. And Wes, this is happening on Monday? Yeah, it is very soon. So Portland Street Response started as a pilot program back in February 2021. Starting on Monday, they're going to expand to the entire city of Portland. Hold on, we're going to pause that. We're going to pause that. Did you hear what she said? How they're going to have a pilot program and they did a pilot program before? Remember, this whole thing has been a beta test to see how we respond. So they roll out a pilot program to see how it works, to see if we'll put up with it, to see if we'll see their scam of what they're trying to do and the new control system that they're trying to roll out. You see, you see kind of what's going on. Let's go back to the clip. So you'll remember Portland Street Response is a program that sends unarmed responders to non-life-threatening behavioral and mental health crisis calls. This is part of Portland Fire and Rescue's Community Health Division. And when Portland Street Response started, they had just a staff of six people. On Monday, they're going to have a full staff of 20. They're then going to cover 145 square miles from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. It's getting crazy, folks. We are definitely, definitely in 2022. And we are now facing the rollout of the New World Order. We'll be back. FEMA Region 10. It's your host, Joshua Michael. You know, a lot of people ask me, what can I do? How do I uh, fight this system and defend my family and defend my future? Well, this is the beginning. Being here listening to this broadcast, you're going to get information that you're not going to get on all the main syndicated shows. Nothing wrong with those guys. They want to regurgitate talking points, but they are kept and in the pockets of a lot of big pharma agencies. So you're not going to get the raw, unedited content that you're going to get here. 
And so when you ask, there's a lot of things that we can do. But first, it starts, it starts with you and starts with uh, realizing that we are facing something that every generation has to face every four four generations what they say they we are in the midst of what's called the fourth turning or uh the great awakening and all the elites they've been trying to combat this uh against this for uh generations and decades uh they've been trying to combat against it because I don't know what it is, but every four generations, there's always a huge overturn uh, with what's going on in the world. You know, if you look four generations ago, you know, we had the Great Depression and the World War. Four generations before that, we had the Civil War in the U.S., massive Civil War. Four generations before that, we had the Revolutionary War, which is where this country was founded. So we are right at the precipice of that, and they are trying to stifle that awakening from happening uh, with technology. And they think that they have the they think that they have us in their crosshairs uh, to where they're able to combat against that. And they are effective in some ways, uh, but they're really ineffective in other ways. I don't think most of them know what is actually going on at the grassroots. Let me tell you a story uh, of an example of this. I walked into a bank, and of course I didn't have a mask on, and obviously you guys are like, well, of course, the mask is done. Well, this was, this was weeks ago. So the mask Nazis were still in full effect. So I walked into a bank, I don't have a mask on, turning some change in for my son's piggy bank because uh, I'm teaching him how to invest. And so he's gonna, we're going to be buying, well, we already did. We bought some silver with that money because it's going to be more valuable than if the money were to sit in his piggy bank. Now, I'm not a financial expert. I'm not giving you advice, um, but I'm just showing you and telling you what me and my son did with the fiat currency in his piggy bank. So I got the money. I had to use their change machine because it's a kid's piggy bank and mostly has change in it. So I had to get a change machine and uh, we turned it in and then I'm sitting there in line. And while I'm in line, the store manager or the bank manager or bank, whoever it is, I'm not going to tell you where it was, but she came up to me and she's like, sir. And there's like six people in line. She's like, sir here's a mask. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Thanks. And I put it in my pocket. Have a good day. And she's like, stood there and stared at me, <laughs> wanted me to put it on. She's like, well, you got to put it on. And I said, well, I'm not going to put it on. And uh, she's like, well, you're going to have to leave. I said, well, I can't leave. I just put a bunch of money in this change machine. And I have to, like, you guys took my money. You have to, I have the ticket here. I mean, I don't know how you want it. She's like, okay, just come to my office. Just come to my office. So I go into her office, she closes the door, she pulls her mask down, and she says, I am so sorry. And keep in mind, she got a little mouthy with me, you know, publicly, because she's got a show face. She says, I am so sorry. I hate these things too. My regional manager 
was here and he was watching me. But I hate these things too. I am right there with you with not wearing a mask. With not wearing a mask. I don't wear a mask anywhere that I go besides my work. But I need the money and I need my job. And I said, that's really amazing. Um, you know, you're welcome and absolutely. And I apologize that, uh, you know, I, I'm not a mask wearer. I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't care how much you bully me. I've had the cops called on me. I've been kicked out of different uh, establishments. Best Buy, I'll never go to. Costco, I will never go to. Um, those are the biggest mask Nazis that I experienced. And I know Costco eased things a bit, but they were just really, uh, really rude and unprofessional to me. So I just uh, pulled my subscription because that's that's how we make the change. And back to my original point of what can we do? What can you do? What can you do besides listening to this uh, broadcast and sharing it with your friends and family, informing them with what's going on? What else can you do? First and foremost, you have to start thinking four and five steps ahead. And that means spending your money with people that are going to be supportive of your ideas and of our future. And a future that doesn't require lockdowns, that doesn't have the hysteria um, to where if you're deemed a terrorist, aka any soccer mom that goes to a PTA meeting uh, or a school board meeting and doesn't like their kid wearing a mask, uh, according to the new Department of Homeland Security, they are deemed a terrorist. I'm not talking about that kind of terrorist. I'm not talking about that. But with that rule mob or that mob rule that comes in, they kind of pile on. And then all of a sudden you're getting your bank account taken away. All of a sudden you can't use an Uber. All of a sudden you can't use a PayPal. You can't use anything. Um, and your bank accounts are getting closed and you're getting doxxed on the internet. And you have all this crazy stuff and your world just completely falls apart by the woke, crazy mob that's out there. Um, so that'll happen if you contest against, you know, if you question the Ukraine situation or you question, question the vaccine or you question the mask or anything like that. So those are just prime examples of tests that are being done uh, in order to do that. So it's good to spend your dollar and spend your money with like-minded people. So there's a type of parallel society that's being built. But we'll get into it right on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time to unmask the truth and expose the lie. The occupied forces do not want you to hear this broadcast. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. Welcome back to Non-Compliant America. I am your host, Joshua Michael. Before we get back to what we were talking about on constructing a parallel society and things that we can do and things that we need to start doing uh, in our everyday lives, sometimes uh, we... We sit down and we listen to a podcast or a radio show. We get motivated. We're like, yeah, it's a good idea. Okay, yes, we're going to move forward. Yes, we're doing this. We're doing that. And we get home. Oh, I'm too tired. Or, you know, I get it, guys. We all have lives. We are all extremely busy. We're all as busy as we want to be. And some people just, they don't want to do 
the extra thing and go the extra mile. But now is the time where we need to dig in and dive deep and pray and pray to get the enlightenment and get the energy that we need to really push things forward. A lot of really exciting things are happening in the in the spectrum right now, especially here in Oregon. So I do want to talk about Oregon politics on this segment because I think it's important to uh, remember that the most important aspect of politics, I know it's fun to talk about Joe Biden and make fun of Joe Biden or you know, talk about Russia or talk about Ukraine or anything like that. But what about Oregon? What about what's happening here in Oregon? So let me tell you, a taxpayer straw poll, This you can find this at the Oregon Catalyst, they did a governor race uh, poll. Really, really interesting. Really interesting to see it. So you guys can go to the OregonCatalyst.com. I'll post a link in my podcast. If you go to noncompliantamerica.com, you can check it out. Um, but they did a taxpayer, it's called the Taxpayer Association of Oregon, mailed to their supporters a straw poll asking them for a choice of the Oregon governor, along with questions on their reason why they support them. So this is a really interesting article that gets you uh, firsthand account, firsthand knowledge with uh, how Oregon's feeling about stuff. And for some of you, this might be your first uh, kind of scope into Oregon politics, looking at what's interesting, who's doing what, what they're saying about them, you know, who's in the lead and, you know, everybody wants to kind of get on a team and everything else. Um, But there's some really exciting stuff. So this thing kind of breaks down uh, a ton of little quotes that people sent in when they were asking about these specific candidates, but a really interesting poll. So the poll concluded that uh, Bud Pierce was in the lead with a small margin just under Mark Thielman. And so it's, I, I interviewed Mark Thielman. Uh, you guys, I think, watched the show last week where I played that interview uh, and talked about it. But what's so interesting about this is that it really shows that, you know, people are resonating with the Thielman campaign and he has a grassroots movement that is unlike I've never seen. I mean, he's got tons and tons of support behind him, and it's making him a contender against somebody like Bud Pierce, who is basically buying his way into uh, the governor's um, seat. You know, if you remember that scandal that happened last week with K2, and they raised the threshold on what's considered or a candidate uh, is qualified to be in their debate. And they raised it to seven hundred and fifty thousand. The basically dropped out most of the governors that were running, or the candidates that were running, and left with just a few. And they got so much backlash that they had to pull out. They had to cancel the debate because the seven hundred fifty thousand threshold was just basically knocking everybody out. You know, aside from a couple of the key players that have, keep in mind, self-donated a ton of their own money to the campaign. So then there was this other uh, rumor going around online that somebody from Thielman's campaign uh, threatened one of the K2 
cameraman or something and docs them and 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 all this stuff that's completely unsubstantiated uh and it, it's it's fascinating because they didn't want it to appear as if they were trying to play favorites and tip the scales on the election which is what none of us want we we just want a free and open election in this state that's what we want you can argue with mail in ballots uh, i would argue with them all day long i would say Basically, the day that we started doing mail-in ballots is the, the day that we gave up our republic. Um, I don't think mail-in ballots work. I know Jeff on this show or this station feels differently, and he's kind of gone through it. But just after seeing the massive and massive amounts of fraud and people driving in their cars with ballots, people posting Elon Omar's campaign, it was a, a campaign representative from Elon Omar uh, last election cycle was on a Snapchat bragging how he just picked up a bunch of ballots and he was driving with them in his car. I mean, if you can't talk about that, which it's harder and harder to talk about it, which demonstrates the importance of this broadcast, which dem demonstrates the importance of these radio stations on how important they are to be able to convey a message and push things through because the censorship is real. It's happening all over the internet. People are getting censored left and right just last week alone. The censorship that happened, you can see it. Everybody's moving together. They're moving to Rumble. Uh, I personally really like this new uh, video platform called Odyssey. And it's basically a, a mini YouTube uh, it does everything that YouTube does and some. It loads a video. They do not censor at all. Zero. Zero. You want to look at cats? You can look at cats. If you want to look at, you know, election integrity law uh, legislation and people talking about it, you can do that. It's not going to be curated like it is on YouTube. It's maybe a less exciting right now because people don't know about it. But let me tell you a cool little trick about Odyssey. So on Odyssey, you can go on their website, pull your old YouTube account, load it, and it'll actually pull all those videos over. So if you're a content creator, you're creating, you know, how-to videos or whatever you do, everybody likes YouTube. At least everybody used to. Now it's just kind of, it's kind of a badge, and honor, a badge of honor. I did a, a, a recording with Seth Keschel I just recorded um, the uh, the uh, debate at the barn a couple weeks ago, and all I did was post it, you know. And Seth Keschel uh, was on there, and it got taken down within about four days. And their reasoning was was this is misinformation. We're really sorry. I hope that you understand, but we had to take this video down because it was misinformation. We're in a real struggle to get information out. And a lot of people, I'm sorry I keep going off on tangents and getting on different uh, segues, but a lot of people, what I've noticed is they're getting fatigued. They're getting overwhelmed. They're just giving up in some fashion, some people. They, it, it, there's so much information being downloaded, they don't have room to focus on their life and focus on their friendships and their girlfriends and their husbands and wives and grandparents and kids and 
and everything else, all of that stuff takes energy. And when you're being bombarded by militarized propaganda, which is what we are under right now, and that's why it's so hard to distinguish and pave ways because they are just throwing everything that they can at our minds to destroy our ability to grasp things and focus on news stories and focus on processes and what's going on and who's doing what. And there's just so much distraction that they're not able to keep anything in an election or excuse me, in a uh, media cycle to where we can't retain or follow up. It's like, oh yeah, you know, the, the COVID came out that it was all a hoax and they made it up and, uh, you know, Merck got in trouble with this and, and this happened over here and no big deal. Another news, we're bombing Ukraine and we're going to go to war. And oh yeah, Joe Biden called for the new world order and they are, uh, we're, yeah, we're all going to uh, be, have some pain at the pump. So they're, dipping into your bank accounts, creating tons of economic uncertainty, doing all of the same things that they did when they locked down, when COVID initially came here, created all that fear. They are simply branching that out because you have to have time to recover. You have to have time to cope. We just got out of two years of nonsense and just a disaster of Censorship, misinformation, sick people, people getting sick, non-explained deaths, a massive increase in deaths, massive increase in sickness, isolation, polarization, all of these things just, ah, you know, you don't want to talk to your neighbor anymore because they used to yell at you when you would leave your house without wearing a mask. And you're just like, wow, dude, you're ridiculous. How do, how do, how do you, how do you function? But now nobody wears a mask and he's like, hey, neighbor, how you doing? It takes time to cope off of that stuff. And we shouldn't forget. We should not forget who the mask police were, who the -the over-the-top, ridiculous people were that just took this thing to a whole nother level. Those people, we have to remember that. Because when the next thing comes, Bill Gates calls it Pandemic 2, When Pandemic 2 comes around, what do you think those people are going to do? After this, we're going to dive in. Uh, After this break, we're going to dive in to a little bit more. Stay tuned. It's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. We can't continue to be silent. Your voice will set us free. Broadcasting live, it's Joshua Michael. No matter how many times that you told me you Before we uh, went to break last segment, we were talking about all of the people that have contributed in helping create what state we are in right now socially economically mentally 
how everybody is just tapped. They're exhausted. We're in defensive mode. But it wasn't just the elites that contributed to putting this plan in motion. There was all the mask police, Nazi propaganda, censorship, collaborated effort through big tech censorship, and just even down to our neighbors that contributed to that. And I know I keep harping on this, right? Because you guys are thinking, Josh, you know, the pandemic's over, we won. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, gas prices is like five fifty, five thirty on average for diesel. Um, five dollars for premium, five twenty-five. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, there's something called meatflation, where meat has like doubled, and it doubled back in like 2013. I, th- I think it went up like two hundred percent, and it just kept going, and it's incrementally been going. Now it's doubled. Now Biden's like, oh, food shortages, yeah, just uh, yeah, food shortages. We gotta, we gotta sacrifice food shortages because we need to stick it to Russia. Yeah, we need to stick it to Russia. Evil Russia did this. Not your neighbor who chose not to go to work for a year and a half and hasn't been paying his rent. It wasn't that guy. It wasn't all the other people that have been collecting checks and contributing to all of this fear and hysteria and stopped working, creating a employment shortage. That has nothing to do with it. Doesn't have anything to do with enticing the truckers in this country to literally stop working to protest against these ridiculous radical ideologies that are being pushed on everybody and literally incrementally shutting down our entire country. It wasn't that. That has nothing to do with high gas prices or meatflation or high food prices or shortages and delays on everything. It's all Russia's fault. Russia's the big boogeyman. Oh, scary Russia right? So it's all just meant to be a distraction because I think that they were planning on doing this and absolutely it was going to happen anyway. They had to open the country back up because it would have collapsed to just nothing because they have to open things back up. They They can't have everybody wake up, even though tons of people have woken up. And I'm not talking about the woke. I'm talking about awake. I'm talking about getting involved in their schools, uh, realizing that, hey, food's not always going to be around. I won't always have clean water. I might not always have money. Maybe I should think about things and commodities and assets. There are more people now today thinking about those things than ever before. And I'll tell you, if you haven't thought about it, it might be a good idea. I would go get some supplies. I would get medical supplies. I would get food storage. I would go introduce yourself to your neighbor if you've never talked to him before. Because in the future of what Bill Gates, I like to call pandemic two, in the future, those are going to be valuable assets to keep structural integrity in line. 
And I know I'm talking gloom and doom and it sounds crazy and, and you guys are like, yeah, you're a big conspiracy guy, aren't you? Not really. Not really. Because you can see the writings on the wall. God has given us and released the lifters so we can see. So we now we're able to distinguish between fake news a lot better than we used to. We used to be like, oh yeah, you know, babies in incubators. Well, yeah, let's go to Iraq. Let's get in there, right? Or, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Okay, yeah, we need to go there. We went from Afghanistan to Iraq, like just like that. Remember that? Remember how they televised it and they had tanks on the news and like live camera action stuff where you're like watching the military drills on the TV and they got us all into it. But we transitioned from Afghanistan to Iraq, just like that. It was like, weapons of mass destruction. We know he's got them. We've looked under every stone and every rock, but we haven't found them yet, but they're going to be there. Boom, 20-year war, the most expensive war ever to exist, right? You guys catching on? You can't always believe it, and I know that you guys know that now. And we were gaining a lot of ground in 2019 because of people like Donald Trump who literally got them to expose themselves on how ridiculous they were with the misinformation of news and how much they would stretch it and censor and just completely misrepresent things. Thank God to right side broadcasting, right? Because they were basically broadcasting every Trump event. And so all you would have to do is go watch the Trump event, listen to what he said, and then literally like hours or minutes after his event, you would read all these articles and they'd be like, Trump said this, Trump said this, and Trump did that. And, you, and if you watched it in live time, you'd be like, that did not happen. And so it was really easy for people to distinguish that. And we were gaining a lot of ground. And the media was dead. They call it the uh, lamestream media, you know, or the uh, old media is what its name is. Because it's, it's, it's dead. People are looking for alternatives. They don't want it anymore. But back to my point, pandemic two. Sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. It's just a thing I do. Okay. But they're already talking about it with the Oscars. The Oscars gone wrong. They're in a crisis as COVID runs riot with the key nominees out with the virus. I guarantee you, they, did they not get vaccinated? Why do they all have COVID at the same time? Going into spring. <laughs> Flu season's over, folks. Flu season's over. Why are some of the key nominees for the Oscars all getting sick at the same time going into spring? Think about that. That's crazy. Right? So these nominees are infected and they're all in trouble. There's some woke madness going on with uh, Jay-Z saying it's a, a minefield about to happen, right? The Emmy-winning comedy writer, songwriter, and actor in Hollywood, Bruce Villonk, 
He was also a writer for 20 years on the Academy Awards broadcast, spending over 14 of those years as the show's head writer. He collaborated with Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, David Letterman, Steve Martin, and of course, James Franco and Anne Hathaway. In the episode, anyways, you guys get the point. We're running out of time. I wish I could just ramble on about this all the time. But basically what I'm saying is he wrote some COVID jokes about COVID. And the woke mob is attacking him. And so now they're eating their own. But at the same time, supposedly the key nominees for the Oscars all of a sudden all have COVID. Going into spring. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh with Noncompliant America. To visit our website, noncompliantamerica.com, download our podcast. We'll see you next week.